Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray this message helps you connect to God as you find your place, reveal your purpose, and unlock your potential. Let's head live to Pastor Chris for today's powerful message. Well, tonight, you know, we had a question and answer a couple weeks ago, last Tuesday night, and um, we got to most of the questions, but then some of the questions were... um, were not addressed. And um, I, I'm going to take some of those interests and I'm going to talk about them with you. Because um, I think it's very, very important that we kind of understand these, these topics, you know. And one of the things we left off on with Dr. Rob was what is good ground? You know what I mean? It was really my question, I think. I don't know. Maybe it was mine or somebody else. How do we know we're sowing into good ground? And he was explaining and how, you know, what's the thing, the ratio. And um, he was explaining some of it. And as he explained it, he never really got a chance to really finish it due to time. But I wanted to talk to you about this. Good ground is is very important. Um, I learned this in Luke chapter 5 many years ago. Um, that I affect, my belief affects, now let, let me break this down, because this, this could get a little tricky if you're not careful, okay? Because you say, well, Pastor Chris, when I give to God, whether it's through the church or ministries, am I not giving to God? What, what would man have to do with this? And, I, and, and that makes a lot of sense. Okay, you are giving to God, okay? So say I sow into me or, uh, I mean, I shouldn't even say it like that, like, we, like a person, like if I sow into, like, you know, Pastor Liz, that's not, that's not what I want you to see. I mean, obviously you do that. But let's just say I'm taking my tithe to the house or I'm taking my offering to a ministry. How do I know that's good ground? Well, good ground to me is is a place where they are believing God for the maximum return on your money. Say, so now you might say, but I gave it to God. Yes. But what God does is this. He gives you an, a leading. You know what I mean? I really believe every friend and every partner here was led to relevant church, Chris Arnold Ministries, God led you. And, and that's why your financial blessing is connected to this house and this ministry. So with that being said, like if you were in like Texas and, you know, you, you were there, you would obviously have, say Joel Osteen is your pastor in Texas, right? Well, obviously you're giving to the ministry there. You know what I mean? I mean, otherwise, what are you doing? You know what I mean? That's your pastor. That's the house of God. That's where your seed belongs. I'm big in um, your seed belongs in the place where you're, you're being ministered to. Um, back in the day when I was um, coming into Christianity, TV ministry was huge. And um, a lot of guys were like, oh, you know, I watch, 
I'm a, I'm with a TV ministry, you know, out of the state, out of the country. We've got a lot of TV stuff now, but it's, it's in, it's basically, um, your, your, your borders have now been expanded because of the internet, but you, as you sow, somebody's got to be ministering to your soul. So what happens is, as we minister to your soul, we're, we're believing. Some people do not believe in prosperity, preachers. Some churches do not believe in prosperity at the next level. So that hinders you and your availability to go to another level. But in your mind, you're thinking what I'm thinking, but I'm giving it to God. Yes, you're giving it to God, but there's something about giving unto God in a good ground place. And hopefully that makes sense. So, so you got your tithing going into the house and whenever that financial place, like I expect you to be blessed, I pray for you to be blessed, I believe God's gonna increase and maximize your seed, I believe that the Lord is gonna multiply your seed sown to a hundredfold every time because I believe a hundredfold is maximum harvest on your seed. So everybody connected to me, that is my demand. I'm not even like, I don't have to ask God because God already said yes. So I basically demand the enemy to give you your maximum return on what you give. That is why it's important for you to go, um, like, well, everybody watching this obviously goes here, obviously tithes here, gives here. Well, I want to let you know the good ground is I demand a hundredfold return on every seed you sow. I'm not saying we get that, but I'm believing God for maximum return for everything you sow. So with that being said, <clears throat> excuse me, what that does is it's a difference of faith. So you know what I mean? Like I was riding around the other day, you know, and I was just like, God, prosper these guys beyond their wildest dreams. You know what I mean? Um, during this summit, the increase summit, man, I was watching people come and bring offerings. I was like, oh my God, bless these guys, increase them, prosper them, transform their world. You know? Now, look at this. So how do you harvest? You know what I mean? Said good ground, sowing, but how do I, how do I know when to reap? You know what I mean? Because I got a reaping side. So look at Galatians chapter 6 and 7. And that kind of explains. Be not deceived. God is not, what? Mocked. For whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. That's terminology there. He shall also reap, not God. Whatsoever man sows, he shall also reap. Now, some of it meaning this, like, if, you know, you sow it, you're going to reap it, yes. But be not, what well, God is not mocked. Whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. That's not just like saying, oh, I sow love, I reap love, I sow faith, I reap faith. Here's what he's saying. Whatever you sow, you got to reap. So if you sow, you reap your harvest. Watch, he explains. For he that soweth to the flesh shall have the flesh reap what? Corruption. See how he's making sense? See how it's saying, sow to the flesh, 
reap corruption. He that sows to the Spirit shall the Spirit reap everlasting life. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. See it? We do the reaping. So you got to remember this. There is a harvest attached to every single seed you sow. You know what I mean? So you got to realize that. There is a harvest to every single seed you sow. I want to talk about this. This is a big one. And I wanted to bring this question to these guys, but obviously we didn't have the time and Brother John was gone by then. But how, um, look at Proverbs 10 and 4. <clears throat> look at Proverbs 10 and 4. When we get to Proverbs 10 and 4, this is going to make a lot of sense. I'm going to give you my, my thing. He becomes poor that deals with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. Did you get that? He that becometh, he becometh poor, sorry, that dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent does what? Maketh rich. Wow. Right? Look at verse 5. He that gathereth in summer is a wise son, but he that sleepeth in the harvest is a son that causes shame. That's pretty wild. <clears throat> He's talking about laziness. He's talking about how laziness affects your prosperity because it hinders your harvest. If you're going to be a giver and you're going to be a reaper, you and I are both going to have to eradicate laziness. Why? Because it creates poverty. You read it in it. I have a, a, a different translation. I don't even know what this is. But it says, idle hands bring poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. Look at, uh, look at the passion, 10 and 4. Big. Slackers will know what it means to be poor while the hard worker becomes wealthy. Wild, right? So, not only do I have to be quick to sow what God tells you to sow and obey what God tells you to obey with the reaping, I have to make sure that I am diligent. Now, I like to say the word diligent instead of, like a lot of people think like hard work. Well, I, I know a lot of people doing a lot of hard work that ain't prospering. You know what I mean? And you hear people say hard work pays off. That's not necessarily true. You know what I'm saying? Because you could be working three jobs and still not being able to really prosper. So hard work doesn't really pay off, but God wants you to be diligent. Is that okay? Because you could be like, man, I ain't making no money. This. Well, you know, maybe you need a career shift. But here's the big thing. Be, be quick to sow what God tells you to sow and be quick to reap when God tells you to reap. 
you know? And you find that in Jeremiah 5.24. It's a good one. Jeremiah 5.24. Now, when you kind of see this, it kind of makes more sense. Neither say, neither say they in their hearts, let us now fear the Lord our God that giveth rain, both the former and the latter in his season. He reserveth unto us the appointed weeks of the harvest. See that? He said, God said, I appoint the weeks of harvest. So what does he tell you to do? Let us now what? Fear the Lord that giveth rain. See, he reserveth unto us the appointed weeks of harvest. That means God set up the harvest time. So you do your part, God's on the harvest. Now you got to reap it though. See, the power of the blessing multiplies the seed you sow, but you got to be a reaper. Look at Psalms 104.27. Talking about your season, talking about your time. You got to know when the timing's right. How many know the timing situation could maybe not be right, and that's why it looks like prolonged time is punishment, but it's not because God is just putting you in position to receive a greater harvest. So in Psalms 104.27, look what it says. I like Psalms 104.27 because it, it talks about due season. These wait all upon thee, that thou mayest give them their meat in due season. That thou givest them that they, now thou givest them, they gather, thou openest thy hand, and thou art filled with good things. Did you see that? So it says, wait upon thee, gotcha, that thou mayest give them meat in due season. So he's saying, I'm going to prosper you in due season, that you what? That thou givest them they gather, thou openest thy hand, they fill it with good. So that's the multiplication blessing increase. Harvesting is your responsibility. So you got two responsibilities. We sow, God gives the increase, we reap. So you got two things. I think a lot of times in the church, we stop with just the sowing. We just sowed and sowed and sowed and sowed. And then nobody came around and said, hey, you got to go reap that. You got to go reap that now. And that takes just as much faith to go reap it as it did to sow it, and vice versa. Jesus said the whole kingdom of heaven works like this. You find that in Mark 4.26. In Mark 4.26, you find that. And he said, so is the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast seed into the ground. I like that. And he should sleep. We're going to keep going. And rise night and day, and the seed should spring forth and grow up. He knows not how. Now stay right there, right? He, he says, said, okay, so is the kingdom of heaven. If a man should cast seed in the ground. Okay, I got it. He said, so. And then he goes to sleep, and then he rises night and day, and then he knows not how. Just like this. I don't know how. 
You don't know how, but God knows how. Look what it says. For the earth bringeth forth of herself. Whoa, 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 whoa. The Bible says that first the blade, then the ear, and after that, the full corn in the ear. So he's talking about this corn stock, right? He's saying, look, you sowed it. I grew it. You got to harvest it. So God is going to give you um, understanding of when to reap. He's going to give you wisdom in how to reap. And he's going to give you directions in how to reap. So here's my big thing, and this is a great point tonight. So many times we're front-loading the give, give the offering, give, do the special thing, project give. You know, we're building, giving, vehicle giving, ministry giving, plane giving. You know, every, the body of Christ just gives. For God so loved the world, he gave. His only begotten son, right? And then you come over there, give, 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 give. That's great. I love give, give, give. But how about this? When has anybody come and said, reap, 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 reap. When are you reaping? Because think about this. First the blade, right? Then the ear, then the full kernel in the ear. Now I'm not a farmer, but the hardest time of farming is harvest time. Because that's when you got to get all the crops that grew up. Now, when a farmer, he likened it to farming, he doesn't go, well, you know, praise the Lord, all that corn's out there in that field, that's a great thing. No way, what's he do? He gets up and he's got to go harvest it, but how many know that's work? So, see, you maybe not harvest with your hands, but you harvest with your mouth. That's work. And because we don't like... We're not going to go physically out there and maybe cut down corn unless you're a farmer. But what is he saying? You're going to have to constantly speak things that create the reality of prosperity in your life. And not every season is going to be easy. Uh, I got news for you. We're, we're great sowers, but are you a great reaper? God can make this grow anywhere. Look what he says in Matthew. Now, we use this scripture a lot when it comes to winning souls. Right? But in Matthew 9, 37. Then he said unto the disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray, therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he may send forth laborers into the harvest. What does that mean? He's saying, there's a harvest waiting. Send the laborers out there with a sickle and go reap the harvest. It's the same thing with souls as it is for money. It's laid up for you. It's waiting. Increase is waiting for you. A better family situation is waiting for you. Better relationships with your kids are waiting for you. Everything in increase is waiting for you. And now all you got to do in this midst of it's waiting for you is you got to what? Have eyes to see and reap that thing. Timing's important. Super important. When you say, all right, Pastor Chris, how in the heaven do I reap? Write this down. You reap by faith and weak faith isn't going to get it. You reap by faith, and weak faith isn't going to get it. You're going to have to 
hang on in faith to reap these harvests so you don't faint before it. You got to locate where your cornfield's at. See, does that make sense? So now, like, it's like farming, right? If you go plant corn over here, you know where the corn is. You just go there with the combine and you get it. It's the same thing with this. You have to reap by faith. So your mouth's got to stay ahead of it. Your faith's got to stay ahead of it. You spiritually have to be conscious of it. You got to lift your eyes up and see it even when, you know, can't, when, nobody, else, when nobody else can see it. You still got to be able to lift your eyes up and see the impossible. You know, you got to, you got to, you got to confirm the corn. It's the obedience of faith, guys. This is big too. You got to start thinking at another level. So um, let me read this to you because this will help you. You need to know where your harvest will be, right? Practically speaking, you have to locate where your cornfield is before you can reap the corn. The Lord knows that, and you could trust him to help you find it, right? Isn't that good? But how many times have people tithe and sowed and they wait? You know? You know, maybe, maybe, maybe the harvest came. It's like, hey, it's time to, you know, execute the expansions or start the new business or Get your marriage to another thing or your kids, right? And the thing is this, they, you get excited, right? Because you see this massive potential, but until you yield, woo! You got problems. Why? Because you can't be yielding to unbelief and, you know, all this other stuff when you're trying to reap a harvest. You got to take steps of obedience, don't miss your blessing by not taking steps of obedience. And here's a big thing too. You know, um, think big. You know, I, just this morning, it was funny. I was listening to somebody um, and they were preaching and um, they told the story of Oral Roberts. Um, his preacher, went, Oral Roberts wanted to go with him. And um, some of you heard the story before and maybe not, but. And he went with this preacher, and the preacher was like, hey, we need such a month, such amount of land. It, oh, it was Jerry Seville. That's what it was. I was listening to Jerry Seville, and he was talking about taking Oral Roberts to Kenya. That's what it was. And, and it was funny. So Brother Seville's like, hey, we need this much land. And Brother Roberts was over there writing on papers and throwing them away or something. It was kind of distracting, he said. And he handed them the paper, uh, and he kept interrupting him and interrupted him, and then Brother Jerry, I'm giving the quick version. Brother Jerry said, Dr. Roberts, like, you, you think this is the time for this? And he goes, I think you're all wasting my time. It was hilarious. And uh, he goes, he wrote on the envelope, uh, the letter, he wrote him a letter. He wrote, he wrote, he said, you know what that, you know what that spells, says? And he goes, no, I don't know what it says. He says, that's my name backwards. And Brother Jerry was like, is this guy kidding me? Like, I'm in this huge meeting to go get this, get this land to help 
Africa and do all this great ministry. And, and Oral Roberts is writing on a napkin backwards. And, and he said, he said this to him. He goes, Brother Roberts, he goes, like, what is going on? He goes, are, are we, are we kind of boring you? He's like, you're boring me. He's boring me. This whole thing's boring me. And he said, tell him you need double of what you just said or triple, you know? And he's like, and the guy who was there said, you got it. And he gave him even more. And he said, after the meeting, Oral Roberts said, don't you ever think small in front of me ever again. You think big. And that, I thought of that, right? Like, that's a great thing, right? Sometimes we come to God with this small thing, right? We're like, oh, can you just do this? And God's wanting you to think big. Oh, can we do this? God wants you to think big. When it comes to discerning your harvest, you got to know, man, the size you're going after, right? You know, man, have you ever, have you ever thought of that? Have you ever thought about like, man, what kind of seed do I got to get in the ground to get the harvest I want? You know, and this is why guys just go at another level because the harvest they have is so big, right? You got to stir your faith. Because you got to be spirit led to this reaping stuff. You know, keep on sowing, keep on reaping. Keep on sowing, keep on reaping. Keep on sowing, keep on Until you realize, man, you can go to another level. You're just going to stay at the level where you think you are. You got to go to another level. Sometimes you got to rise up to a place you've never been before. You got to be spirit-led in this thing, man. And you got to use your authority. Don't let the enemy get the best of you, especially in finances. You stand your ground no matter what, and you resist. This is big stuff. And I'm going to tell you this, and then we're going to go. But understanding your financial dominion is going to be based in you understanding that you've been given a God-given covenant from God for wealth. And it's kind of like, once I see this covenant of God for wealth, I demand it in the earth. Once I see God wants to prosper me and take me to another level, I demand it in the earth. Once I see God wants me to be blessed out of my mind, what room I cannot contain, I demand it in the earth. Once I understand the God side of this covenant thing, that just as much as he died for me, just as much as he saved me, it's just as much as he what? He prospered me. And once I make that decision once and for all over here, I fight the fight of faith to keep it. I don't let go of the harvest. I hold on to the harvest. I don't let go of the promise. I receive the promise. And I allow myself to be transformed by my faith in this availability of this anointing. Understanding that this is a kingdom to financial principle of me enforcing dominion that he gave you so I could take Genesis chapter 1, and in the likeness and in the image was I made like God, and he gave me dominion. And then I could stand there in Deuteronomy 28 and command the blessings of God that God said will come and overtake me upon my life. And there ain't a devil in hell can stop me because I don't waffle or waver in my faith because I know God wants to prosper me. And once you start getting that mindset, you start getting that fight. Once you start getting that mindset that God already gave, you know, just in the summit, I've been reflecting, right? Something they said was this, everything that God has prepared for you is already in the earth. And he went on better and said this, somebody in the earth has the things that God wants you to have. Now that's not looking at people, but you get what I'm saying. Like somebody went and got or has, and you don't have to say nothing, but what I'm saying is 
People, people just lost people out there grabbing stuff, and here you are, the child of God, kind of really suffering through it because, you know, it just isn't all working out. And, 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 and you know, and you're standing there like, oh, this is great. But no, you got to stand your ground and say, God said, well, the minute you don't think God wants to prosper you, you don't stand for prosperity. The minute you don't think God wants to make you rich, you don't stand to get rich. The minute you think God doesn't want to give you, I mean, man, come on, man. Come on, man. He's paving the, dude, God is paving the streets with stuff we hang around our neck for crying out loud. Jewelry, man. He got gold streets, diamonds in the wall, stuff that you sell, uh, you know, uh, you know, just crazy, man. God don't make no sense, man. You know, God's got asphalt made of gold. Come on, man. You think he thinks like we think? You think he looks at resources the way we look at resources? He said, I made it all. All the silver is mine. All the gold is mine. All the cattle is mine. Everything is God's. So if it's in the earth and it's God's, then it's yours. So don't let the enemy talk you out of it. You talk yourself into it and you walk in this. And we're going to talk more about increase all month long. And it's going to take your life to a whole other level. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you that these guys are people of increase. I thank you, Lord, that their favors on their life. I think that success is on their life. I think that the anointing is on their life. I think that the power of God's on their life. And I think from this moment forward, they have the right idea about finances. They have the right idea about money. They have the right idea about increase. And they have the right idea about the blessing. And from this moment forward, they walk in this blessing supernaturally each and every day of their life. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Well, praise the Lord, man. I love you guys. I'm going to see you Sunday morning. Don't forget, we're in increase week, learning principles of taking your life to another level. I love you and I'll see you then. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarnum. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, you can visit us at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. Thanks for listening.